0: And uh, it's Torah portion number 41, and it's all about, uh, this week it's all about leadership, uh, qualities of leadership. How many of you would like to see uh, a better life? An abundant life, a, a more blessed life, amen? Who would like to uh, feel like God is helping you climb the ladder of spiritual success and relationship success and financial success? Uh Well, uh, this is where understanding God's ways, God's leadership principles come in. And in this week's study, there's a convergence of some of the greatest biblical leaders in all of Bible history, including there's teaching this week on Moses and his successor Joshua. There's teaching on Elijah the prophet uh, there's teachings on uh, Pinhas uh, and uh, Zelephaphat's daughters. Boy, isn't that a name, Zalephifad. Uh But. Uh, it opens, as you study all of these, and we're not going to go into individual case studies, but it opens the door to speak on general leadership principles that when we apply them to our lives, we gain an advantage. There's a blessing, there's a benefit uh, to understanding what God has to say about leadership. And uh, then once we understand that, It's like uh, uh, the late, great Reinhard Bonnke once said, the great evangelist, the gospel is like soap. It only works when it's applied. And so in our own lives, the gospel works when we apply it. And, uh, of course, I'm speaking to the choir here. I'm preaching to the choir because you're here learning. You're here uh, putting yourself into a position where God will advance you, promote you, elevate you to whole new levels. And so uh, the first goal that every born-again believer should have is all about growing. We're here to grow in Christ. Now that we're born again, we're to grow in Christ. Grow in the knowledge and wisdom and revelation of what God has given us through the Bible and through examples like Moses and Jesus and these other leaders. So that's goal number. Well, I don't know what God's purpose is for my life. Start there. God's purpose for your life, anyone's life, is to grow and prepare and equip yourself with His principles and standards. Amen? That's what forms our foundation, right? And that way, when the winds and the storms and the issues and challenges and obstacles of life happen, all of a sudden, we're on a firm foundation. No one likes to be blown away, right? And so, how do you prevent that? Get strong in the Lord. Strong in His principles. And then, uh, part two to that is, as you mature. And obviously, all believers should be maturing from year to year. We should be maturing. Can I get a big amen? Right? We don't want to be immature. We want to mature in the things of God, but now that you have that foundation, now that you're on that pathway of maturing in the things of God, uh, then that's when God will use you. That's when God will promote you so that you then can contribute to the growth and maturing of others. Uh, It's called pay it forward. (laughs) All right? Amen. So. Uh, At the foundation of all of this uh, leadership, these qualities of leadership, uh, is the principle that Jesus gave us, known as servant leadership. Okay, so whether you're a husband, a wife, a mom, a dad, an employee, a boss, you're running a business. You're uh, uh, involved in a life group, some other kind of ministry. You're on staff at a church. Whatever it is that you're doing, whatever uh, rung of the ladder of success you're on, you're climbing upward, but as you climb upward, it's not to become a big shot. It's to become a servant, and that's what Jesus taught us. In the Lord's eyes, your level of success is always based more on giving rather than taking. It's always based more on giving versus receiving. Your focus is always on serving rather than being served. Okay, And this is the principle in Matthew 20. If you have your Bible, turn over to Matthew twenty twenty five. It says here that Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. Amen. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. There's the... the the concept of servant leadership, that all of us, and wherever we're at in life, we need to be thinking about that as the fundamental way that we deal with people. I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve my family, I'm here to serve my spouse, I'm here to serve my church, I'm here to serve my Lord, I'm here to serve and be a blessing in any way that I can. Jesus was teaching us, the world says that leadership is bossing other people around to get things done. Boy, that feels good, doesn't it? To be the boss and to boss people or ordering people around. You do as I say. I'm the one with authority here. You you better see my position here. And you better do exactly what I tell you. That's not the way of Jesus. Jesus is teaching us instead that uh, uh, we're here to serve, to be a blessing. We exist to serve others, right? Right. in Dallas, uh, there uh, was a great business guru, the late, great Zig Ziglar. Who's ever heard of the late, great Zig Ziglar? He once said, If you help enough other people become successful, you yourself will be a success. Right? Servant leadership whatever position of responsibility that God has you at right now, He will promote you based on your level of understanding what we're talking about today. God's not going to promote the arrogant, conceited, self-absorbed big shot. They may have a position, but uh, it's not what God is looking for. And so we need to uh, look to the needs of people and... Uh, whether it's at home or on the job, wherever that may be, you have to ask yourself, what kind of resources as a leader can I get to them to help them do their job better? I'm not here to boss them around. I'm here to make sure that they have what they need to be successful, right? And also, you're there to help solve their problems, Don't be the problem. Be the problem solver. And that, uh, uh, because everybody has things that are blocking their blessing, that are preventing them from fulfilling expectations, and you need to be the Bible answer man, the Bible answer woman. Here's what God's Word says about it. And if you begin to apply that like soap, you'll clean that thing up. Right? Right? Are you with me out there? Right. So who's ever heard of John Maxwell, uh, the Christian leadership guru? He speaks about servanthood, and, and uh, he says it's all about attitude. So a, a lot of times coming into the kingdom of God, we've got some attitude adjustments to make. Right, he said. We all encounter people in service positions with poor attitudes. Uh, we've all been at the counter with the rude worker that thinks you're the problem. You're the you're the cause of their problem. The waiter that can't be bothered to take your order. The store clerk who ignores you while they're on the phone talking to a friend or doing social media. Or even you've been around, you've seen the irresponsible parent whose main parenting technique is yelling no! (laughs) Instead of patiently teaching and training their little one. So you don't want to be the person uh, who gives off the vibe you're always bothered. Right? Right? Uh, You want to be the one that has the attitude of the servant leader and that will change everything. There'll be a sense of appreciation, a sense of respect. All of a sudden, uh, that person's opinion of who you're working for, whether it's in the church or a business or uh, it's just in your community, in your neighborhood, your neighbors, all of a sudden, that opinion, that respect level begins to rise. And guess what? All of a sudden, God is glorified because you're shining your light. You're letting your light shine before people. And then they end up glorifying God. This is our approach. Amen. Who agrees with that approach? Say amen this morning. When the Apostle Paul was looking back uh, on what Jesus had accomplished, he wrote an amazing section of Scripture in Philippians 2. And you can uh, turn, your, uh, to your, uh, uh, turn your Bibles to Philippians 2, and just beginning in verse 3, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as even better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Have you ever uh, hung around people, all they do is talk about themselves? Just on and on and on. Well, they need to learn this lesson, right? It's not just about you. It's me, myself, and Irene. I mean, me, myself, and I. And then, verse 5, have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Hey you guys, I'm God! (laughs) Instead, verse 7, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. It's kind of an oxymoron in the kingdom of God. The only way up is down. The only way to be esteemed and elevated is to humble yourself. And if this attitude is cultivated, this servant leadership attitude, all of a sudden people will notice that and be blessed by that, and that will bring promotion in your life. God will see that faithfulness, that graciousness, that goodness in your life and elevate you to a new level. If you don't have that attitude, of course, everybody here has that attitude. But if you know somebody that doesn't have that attitude and they were ever to ask for your advice, how can I really turn this thing? Just start serving. Right? It's a lot easier for God to steer a moving bicycle. So if you're sitting around waiting, well, what should I do, Lord? What have you called me? Just start somewhere. Right? Right? When we first got saved back in 1984, um, <laughs> you need a DeLorean to get back <laughs> to the 80s. Um, uh, I didn't need like 12 or 36 classes to teach me why I should be serving. I was so thankful that Jesus saved me from a horrible lifestyle. And all of a sudden, six days after I pledged my allegiance to the Lamb of God, six days later, all I did was respond to a general announcement. Next Saturday, we're having a work party at the church. We're calling all people that want to volunteer to come out and help. I was there. Didn't know a soul But that's uh, what God uses to promote you, just that servant attitude, that leadership attitude. And then uh, (laughs) Lydia and I, uh, just as soon as we went through some of the membership classes, all of a sudden we started serving in Kid City. And uh, we were in the uh, Sunday night two-year-old class. And uh, they uh, are sometimes known as the terrible twos, but we uh, learned how to make it the terrific twos. (laughs) Just start somewhere. Just start this morning performing small acts of kindness. Smile. Say something nice. Be a blessing. Go up to Jordy. uh, uh, Anything I can do to help you uh, do the 4th of July event. And and you just start there. And start close to home. Your family really would appreciate uh, a a little bit more kindness perhaps. Amen? Find ways to do small things that show you care. Isn't that good? And just those small little acts of kindness will go a long, long ways. Uh, So we're talking about Leadership, servant leadership. And whether it's your family, whether you're a boss, an employee, a volunteer, you're running a business, you're in ministry, just any believer needs to understand you've been called by God. You have a divine assignment and it's not the massive things, it's these small things that will lead to big things. If you're faithful over the little stuff, Right then God will reward you and promote you with greater stuff. Amen? And so you're there to be a blessing. Praise God. And, uh, and so as we grow in understanding these concepts, we're trying to learn not only what to do, but what not to do. Amen. Amen. We're trying to learn how to manage circumstances, and sometimes we need to learn how to countermanage things. Because uh, in your BC days, your before Christ days, you probably learned a lot of bad habits. And those bad habits get entrenched. And sometimes you're the last to know. Everybody else knows, and when they see you, you the last thing you want, oh oh here comes Scott, let's get the heck out of here. So you're learning how to manage some things and countermanage some of those quirks until God and the Holy Ghost and the Word of God work those things out. Amen. And we're going to keep growing, right? We're going to keep maturing in our calling so uh, we can accomplish our mission and then once we get to heaven, we're going to hear what? Well done! Now, now Now it is true that God hasn't equipped and hardwired you with every single leadership skill and trait. But... There's principles that can be learned, traits that you can form, habits that you can form and adapt into your personality, style, your disposition, and your temperament. That's part of the Christian journey. We all need to realize that when we said, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of every sin, I I dedicate my life to you from this day forward, that didn't make you perfect right there's things to work on and uh, if you'll allow the principles the standards the qualities that we learn from the bible to get inside of your life that will change you and uh, and so how many of you aspire to greater things how many want to be stuck in a rut and never move forward for the rest of your life <laughs> right no we want we want great things. we're looking forward to the uh to improvements in our life. Well, in order to do that we just we just need to stay at it. Our church here at New beginnings I've noticed that there's a lot of people with aARP cards. in other words, there's a lot of uh golden Agers, prime timers, older folks, right. And the world says the older you get, the more you should think about retiring. But in ancient Hebrew, there's no word for retire. God can teach old dogs new tricks. (laughs) Right? And as long as we're alive and kicking, as long as you and I are alive and well and serving the Lord, we need to improve as we age. There's a, a there powerful teaching out of Deuteronomy 34, in verse 7, it says, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. Let's start praying that over our lives, old-timers. <laughs> you Medicare card holders. <laughs> Father, I thank you. I'm like Moses. i got a long and productive life ahead of me. I've got vision. My eyesight is not clouded. I'm not getting worse. I'm getting better. Amen. Amen. And no matter what age you are, you can't cop out by saying, well, that's just the way I am. That's just who I am. Uh, that's the way I was born. We hear that a lot in today's society. Don't don't mess with me. You're condemning me. That's just the way I was born. But here's a, a breaking Christian news. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. Yeah, <laughs> It's not the way you were. It might have been the way you were born. But when you come to Jesus, you're born again. You're a new creation in Christ. There's a whole new world out there in front of you. And uh, with the Spirit of the Lord and the Word of God working in you, there's no limit to what you can accomplish and achieve. Amen? Amen? Right. When, uh, when I was a uh, youngster... Uh, Yeah, when did I graduate again? I'm almost at my 50-year reunion, so (laughs) that's a long time. But uh, uh, I went to college uh, with a uh, a famous uh, Hall of Fame NFL coach, Tony Dungy. Uh, some of you may recognize that name Tony Dungy well we were in the same freshman class he was the quarterback and I was catching passes from Tony Dungy when I was 18 years old and uh, unfortunately at my career in uh, athletics football got sidetracked because I was more interested in feeding my flesh drugs and alcohol uh, than accomplishing uh, things that he accomplished. So he's risen to great fame. He's got a uh, very uh, uh, famous Christian business leader and mentor now. And uh, so I get his email, I follow him. You know, he doesn't know me from Adam per se at this point, you know, uh, 50 years later. But uh, I was reading some of his material and he. Uh, He shared three guiding principles of leadership in his life uh, that has directed and guided him to where he's at. And uh, the first one is vision. And he says that a leader's job is to cast vision, to remind everybody of their common goals. Now you as a believer, you are uh, a leader. Every Christian is a leader at some uh, level. And whether it's in your family or in your uh, team, your work group at work, whether it's uh, in your classroom, wherever it is, you can remind people of what the larger picture is, the bigger picture, the, the common goals that we have. Because that gives people an opportunity uh, to latch on to something. We all need to have a cause greater than ourselves. Especially as Christians, it just can't be, get all I can, can all I get, and sit on the lid. Amen. That was a joke. Uh, Humor me and just... (laughs) And sometimes whether it's the vision of making heaven our home or of building a successful business or uh, getting your bachelor's or master's degree or even your GED, Uh, whatever it might be, whether it's a financial goal, uh, a health and healing goal, um, sometimes your vision depends entirely on faith. Right? Right? It's hard to see the result. It's hard to see the benefit once you reach that goal because you're in the midst of it and sometimes there's a struggle and you're wrestling with destiny and all of a sudden, uh, 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 you know, circumstances and the devil will cause your vision to wane. But you need to have faith. Right, you need, God, fill me with a spirit of faith to see beyond these natural circumstances. Don't let me lose the vision, the passion for achieving something great for you. Give me that power, that sense of victory, accomplishment, and achievement so that I can cross the finish line and say, well done, we did it. Amen? Amen. Number two, mission. It's nice to have a mission statement. Do you have a mission statement for your business, for your career, for uh, your education, for your family? Um, uh, Anyone, whether an organization, a family, an individual, uh, you need to ask yourself, what am I here for? Why am I here? You're here to serve the Lord God Almighty. And make His name known among people to be that shining light, to be the so. That's a general mission statement anyone can adapt. Right? In other words, why are we? Why are you doing what you're doing? Okay. And uh, as you begin to ask these kind of questions, all of a sudden the Spirit of God will get involved and your vision and your mission of which way God wants to take you and what plans He has out in front, all of a sudden some of those things will be revealed, and they may change over time. But you're guided by God's Word, by the Holy Spirit, by uh, your network of support in your church and life group and prayer group, and all of a sudden uh, you're making progress towards fulfilling your divine mission in life. Amen? And number three, Tony Dungy teaches values. Uh, we need to have values, right? What do you stand for? What things uh, do you have in your life that establish your character, your level of integrity? Amen? Amen. Uh, what are your rules for the road, okay? Uh, What will you do and what will you never do? What's right, what's wrong, what's forbidden, what's acceptable, amen? And uh, this is the rudder that steers your ship. So taken as a whole your vision, your mission, your values. Tell yourself and tell the world what's important to you and how my life is going to be run and guided. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, uh, this is part of servant leadership. Now, I uh, want to share one last thing before we close. Um. I've always been drawn to the success and motivation style of teaching and mentorship. So Zig Ziglar, uh, John Maxwell, Brian Tracy, Jim Rome, Rome, Stephen Covey, uh, men like this. um, Yeah, David Barton, a lot of good stuff. Uh, And I came across something a while back from one of the originators of the business motivation, success and motivation people way back when, Napoleon Hill. Uh, he, He was the guy that wrote Think and Grow Rich and sold 20 million copies way back when. Um, and uh, he came up with a brilliant list of 17 principles of personal achievement. And as I was reading, I said, these are all Bible principles. And um, I became kind of my, my radar just kind of uh, honed in on this. And I truly believe that as a pastor, as a church leader, as a father, as a husband, Uh, as someone just like you that wants to succeed and fulfill my divine mission and destiny, that uh, as we begin to take into our heart and our mind, our spirit and our soul, some of these concepts, it's going to elevate us to new heights and new levels because they're God-given things. And uh, I'm just going to share a couple of these 17 Uh, principles with you. Number three on his list is applied faith. And that's so important uh, to all of us because we need to have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith, Jesus said. And that can be developed. Each of us have a measure of faith. And faith is that ability to see beyond the natural circumstances. You see beyond the problem to the promise. You see beyond the obstacle to the objective. And all of a sudden, that spirit of faith, that force of faith, moves you to where you want to go in accomplishing your goals and your plans and purposes. Proverbs 16.3 says, out of the Amplified, Commit your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to Him. And your plans will succeed if you respond to His will and guidance. That's out of the Amplified. So we're developing that and committing that to the Lord. Number four on His list of 17, go the extra mile. Amen? And so going the extra mile is... Giving more than you take. Okay? It's rendering more and better service than even what you're being paid for. I'm not doing anything more than what I'm paid to do. That's not really a godly attitude. Right? Uh, Jesus taught about going the extra mile. If your friend has need of something, give him what you've got. Okay? And when you go the extra mile, all of a sudden, with the same measure that you measure out, it's going to be measured back to you again. All right? Number uh, five on the list is a pleasing personality. Your personality is the sum total of your mental and spiritual and physical traits. And your habits, that's what distinguishes you from somebody else. And it's the, uh, the factor, uh, more than anything, that distinguishes or determines whether uh, you're liked or disliked. Colossians 3 speaks about it this way. Uh, in verse 12, you are the people of God. He loved you and chose you for His own. So then, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. He's talking about our personality, our attitude in life. Be tolerant with one another. Forgive one another when any of you has a complaint against someone else. You must forgive just uh, as the Lord has forgiven you. And to all of these qualities add love, which binds all things together in perfect unity. Who wants to be more like that? Say amen. Okay, a couple more. Uh, Personal initiative. We live in a culture today where everybody's entitled. Right? You owe me. (laughs) the world doesn't owe you nothing right you make of the world what you make of the world right and if you go through life with a negative attitude thinking you got jip that you got bum beef that and you're just complaining all the time and angry all the time and mad all the time always murmuring that's not what God's going to bless God is not going to uh, to uh, reward you for that. True freedom, we're on in Independence Day today, is learning to take personal responsibility for your life. Whatever happens, bad or good, you're the one. If it's to be, it's up to me. Amen. And of course, the Spirit of the Lord. So. Uh, James 1 teaches on this in verse 23, "...if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror..." And for once he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what sort of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the Bible, the Torah, it's the Torah that gives freedom. And you continue in it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. That's taking personal responsibility and initiative. And we could go on and on and on on this, but let me just close with this creative vision. We serve the God of creation, don't we? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And we were created in God's image and likeness. And God created these, uh, the world. He framed the world by the power of His words. And so what that tells us is on His list... Number 14, creative vision. All of a sudden, the power of God in you That vision, that creative power begins to flow out of you as you positively define what's going on out there. You're using your faith. You're using the promises of God. You're using the best picture of what you're shooting for. That's what you're aiming for. That's your goal. And you begin to speak it and use that creative power. And all of a sudden, God just somehow motivates you and directs you towards what you're aiming for, and uh, you're using that creative vision, that creative power. And so this is something that we appreciate, this is something that we teach at New Beginnings, being very positive, very positive words, positive actions, positive thoughts oriented, and all of that helps you to elevate yourself into new levels of leadership. In Jesus' name. Father, we bless you this morning and thank you for bringing us together on July 4th. It's a day of independence, a day of liberty, a day of freedom. We pray that over our lives, over our families, over our nation, that you would just bring revival, bring liberty, bring freedom, bring godly vision, bring us back to our biblical roots in America, we pray. And Father, we thank you as we gather together. We're going to have a great time, a blessed time, a wonderful time, a happy time. And we give you thanks and praise for it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.